Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Paul Marich. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And today our topic is praying for the dead. Praying for the dead is something that might seem a little unusual Mm -hmm. uh, to to non-Catholics, even some Catholics. Right. Um, I've spoken to to Catholics who, you know, they hear about purgatory as um, something dreadful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and in a way, you know, it, it, it is, you know, or they're not sure exactly what it is or, or, um, but, but, uh, our, our, our reason for praying for the dead is, is founded on a doctrine that is based on great hope. Right. Purgatory is the teaching of the church that even souls who have not been fully purified of any attachments to things that they can't take to heaven while mm-hmm. they're still on earth, who have nevertheless chosen God right. with their whole with their whole being have a chance to be purified after their death so that they can come into the glory of the communion of the saints right and there's another common misconception about purgatory that it's this in between between heaven and hell that you know why well, I, I wasn't that bad that I got condemned to hell but I wasn't good enough right. to get to heaven so I'm going to this place called purgatory and that's not what purgatory is about. Yeah, as if that's an indefinite right. sentence. You know, purgatory, you know, for the souls who are in purgatory, they are destined for heaven. This right. is a, you know, they have, they died in the state of grace. They died, you know, in friendship with God, but there still needs to be that purification before they could see him face to face. But mm-hmm. it's not this middle area. You know, in fact, when we talk about the four last things, you know, heaven, hell, death, judgment. Purgatory is not one of the four last things because right. it won't be everlasting like heaven and hell will be. You right. know, there will be then that moment at the end of time when purgatory will be open, the souls will mm-hmm. you know, finally be admitted to heaven. So I think that's an important thing to remember about purgatory is that it is temporary. You know, right. On the spiritual level, it is temporary. There are souls there. Uh, and then we, you know, we also talk about praying for the dead you know, or you might hear a term like, oh, getting years off purgatory, right. uh, you know, or somebody got 300 years in purgatory. You know, what do we, mm-hmm. you know, what do we mean by that? You know, because it's, we're talking about something on the spiritual level that mm-hmm. isn't bound by the, the nature of our time here on earth. You know, it's not, you know, it's not like a the planet right. purgatory going around right. <laughs> a, a right. sun, you know, calculating years. You know, it's something spiritual, but, you know, we could also understand it as like, you know, the equivalent of 300, you know, or the experience of like 300 human years mm-hmm. in this place of purification, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, however much time, you know, there a, a soul must, must spend in purgatory. So it's important to, you know, just keep those things in mind. But that we, we see praying for the dead, you know, is a practice that really goes back before Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, a, 
a foundation we have for purgatory in Scripture is in the second book of Maccabees, in praying for the dead, uh, where there was one of the soldiers killed, was killed in battle, and with Judas in the book of Maccabees, you know, finds that it is a good and noble thing to pray for the dead. It says, and they turned to prayer, beseeching that the sin which had been committed might be wholly blotted out. Right. And so that's another thing to, you know, when we also look at the history of um, really the understanding of, of the afterlife, you know, in late Judaism. And by late Judaism, I mean that time before, you know, the coming of Christ, you know, later in the Old Testament. There, uh, you know, really in the days of the patriarchs and Moses, there wasn't really a, a clear understanding in Jewish theology of an afterlife. Right. Uh, when a soul, when a person died, well, we're not really sure what would happen to the soul, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it really, the way one lived on was through offspring, you know, right. through more children. That's why if one was not, if one was sterile, that was a sign of curse because when you died, you died, your name did not live on right. in your children. And then of course, when you have the land, when you have the promised land, you have the kingdom of Israel, that's also a, a sign of one's heredity, a sign of one's, mm-hmm. you know, legacy, but then that was lost. And so, you know, the Jewish understanding of of life and life after death, you know, particularly in light of the fall of the kingdom and of the exile, developed to see that this this is not what we're living for. Right. You know, being the chosen people, being called by God, there has to be something more, you know, and and this understanding of personal you know mm-hmm. interaction with god mm-hmm. the spirit on the spiritual level not in this life but in the next life so those are kind of you could say the development you know of the understanding of life after death that was taking place in judaism in the time before the coming of christ and now mm-hmm. what we see with christ's coming and his death and resurrection how the merits of that death and resurrection are applied to those who died in his friendship right? as they prepare to meet him face-to-face in heaven. And that's really a theological understanding of the, of the dogma of purgatory, that mm-hmm. it's all about Christ's death and resurrection and the purification that takes place of the soul before they mm-hmm. see God face-to-face. Right. Yeah, even during the time of Jesus, we, we hear in the Gospels mm-hmm. about different branches of of, of, right. of Jewish belief. The the Pharisees who believed in a resurrection right. from the dead and an afterlife um, and and also believed in angels and then mm-hmm. the Sadducees who did not. Right. You know, so so we see that um, you know in in in, in Saint Saint Paul, you know, mm-hmm. when his name was still Saul, he grew up as a Pharisee, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, he he believed, but it was not universal at right. that time right. among Jewish people in the right. time of Christ that there was a personal kind of afterlife. Right. There was a sense that when you died, you went to Sheol, mm-hmm. you know, a land of, 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 of the dead, but yeah. it was not what we would call by any means heaven no. you know, or paradise. No. no, and that's where, you know, for us now in Christ, realizing, you know, to what is our... What were we made for? What is our end? It's to see God face to face. It's not just right. to live a good life here on earth and be proud of our legacy. No, mm-hmm. it's 
to live a good life, to be virtuous so that we may attain our ultimate end, mm-hmm. you know, which is life with God in heaven. You know, and that is you know, a gift of his grace, and he sustains us with his grace throughout life. But we're all sinners. We've right. all fallen. Mm-hmm. We all have, you know, for many too, it might, it might be a life of, of struggles with different sins, mm-hmm. you know, or because we're not seeing God face to face, we're always at risk. We're always tempted. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if, you know, even if we're staying in a state of grace, you know, we're not committing mortal sins, you know, you could just think of what about those daily little, little things, you know, of, of, mm-hmm. of anger towards someone or, you know, bitterness or, you know, just losing our, losing our cool when we don't have to, you know, we still struggle. We still have right. our, our faults. And this is where, you know, we see that purgatory is that time after, after death, not to be a second chance, because that's another misunderstanding. That Like, mm-hmm. well, you didn't do so well on earth, so here's a second chance. Try again right. in purgatory. No, this life on earth, this is our time, mm-hmm. you know, to follow God, you know, to receive his grace, you know, for our sins to be forgiven. Purgatory then is that cleansing mm. before the soul is admitted into heaven. Right. Right. And one of my favorite uh, books is by C.S. Lewis. It's called a book called The Great Divorce, which mm-hmm. is a fictional book. Um, but he, he speaks about the, the importance of, of what we attach our will to. Mm-hmm. What, what is the true desire of, of our of our life um, up to the very end of our life and and one of the characters in this book says in the end when the soul meets God after death right. you know there's only two possibilities either the soul says to God thy will be done mm-hmm. you know and enters into eternal glory that's heaven you know yeah. to give ourselves completely as our lady did mm-hmm. who said you know let it be done to me according to your word I'm the servant of the Lord the other possibility is that God says to the soul, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, you have attached your will and, and your desires to something other than me. Right. You know, to something that you cannot have in heaven. Right. You know, and God lets the person, lets that soul have what they want, you know, mm-hmm. but that will not make that soul happy. In fact, it will give them eternal misery. And that's really the story of the angels, you know, at the mm-hmm. moment of their creation, this choice Mm-hmm. To, f- to follow God, I will be done, or my will be done, you know, which right. is what was the choice of Lucifer and his angels. But we're not angels, we're humans. We have a body right. and soul. You know, we go through this life, you know, our life unfolds. It's not one choice to make like the angels did, right. but we have a lifetime, you know, to continue to follow God. Even the hardened sinner who perhaps doesn't convert until his or her deathbed, but they still. They still make it because right. the time was there. You know, we read in St. Paul in Second Corinthians, now is the day of salvation. And that's any day of our life. This is right. the day of salvation. Right. You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott. I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Paul Marich. And we've been discussing praying for the dead. Um, praying for those souls in purgatory. Purgatory being a place that's not an in-between place between heaven and hell, but a place of purification for mm-hmm. those souls that are unmistakably without fail on their way to heaven. Right. Um, so when, when, we, when we speak about, we were just speaking about how 
the angels at their very creation were given mm-hmm. a choice to give themselves to God or to mm-hmm. choose choose to fix their will on something other than God, namely the, themselves. Angels, because they're pure spirits, have um, a very powerful intellect, make that decision all in one moment and never change. Human beings, being bodily creatures, subject to many other things, in living in the world of time, sometimes don't make a complete um, uh, d- don't don't always have all the information. Don't always right. make the best choice. You know, sometimes can have their choice changed or affected, mm-hmm. or or uh, or altered by different experiences. So, purgatory is is an opportunity for for purification. If that right, if that purification isn't fully completed by the time. And also understanding, you know, the con as a matter of justice, you know the. The understanding of restitution mm-hmm. or reparation, you know. So, Father Stephen, if you know, if the nine o'clock mass, I go help take up the collection, and I go pocket the whole collection for the nine o'clock mass. Well, you'd be kind of upset at me, wouldn't sure you? I would. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, too, it's like, well, if I just came and said, "Oh, Father Stephen, I stole the the nine o'clock collection, and mm-hmm. I'm very sorry," uh, I hope you would forgive me. I would. You'd forgive me. <laughs> but you're not going to tell me, well, Father Paul, just take the 9 o'clock collection and you know, have fun with it. No, you're going to expect that I'm going to pay it back. You know, and that's right. actually a matter of justice. Sure. You know, any violation, especially of, you know, against uh, the commandment against stealing, you know, mm-hmm. that there's forgiveness that's entailed, but then there's also a restitution. You know, mm-hmm. if the person has to to pay back, you know, is in whatever way they can or, or mm-hmm. looking at possible uh, ways for restitution. Or if you ruin one's reputation, mm-hmm. you know, you lie about someone and you could say you're sorry, you could be forgiven, but there has to be some type of, of reparation, restitution. Say, right. no, 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 they, they actually never did that. You know, I, uh, they're a good person, you know, what have right. you. And so, you know, that's just, those are just things that we know about here on earth, you know, or, or things we see here on earth. But this is something on the spiritual level you know, why the, the importance and the need for purgatory, because when we commit a sin, it wounds or even severs our relationship with God, especially a mortal sin, mm-hmm. you know, cutting off the life of charity in our soul. When we're forgiven, you know, which for a mortal sin happens in, when, you, when we go to confession, we confess our sin to a priest, we receive absolution, but there still is a spiritual wound that's mm-hmm. there. You know, the forgiveness is there. You know, we're not going to be held, we're not going to be judged unworthy to stand before the presence of God. You know, when our sins are forgiven, the charity of God is once again working in our souls. But there still will be that spiritual wound, which think about, you know, when we go to confession, what, you know, the priest, before he gives absolution, he asks us to do a penance because that penance is meant to be reparative, you know, right. restorative to help us, you know, turn away from these sins, you know, to make reparation mm-hmm. for the things uh, that we've done. And that could be any act of penance, you know, that it, it has that sense of repairing the wounds that, mm-hmm. we, that we experience because of sin. And that's what purgatory is meant for, is to be that time of healing those wounds Mm-hmm. Those spiritual wounds, it's called the temporal effects of sin. Not the sin itself, right. but the temporal effects. And a lot of times, uh, you know, what's, uh, you know, has been compared like if, if little Billy's playing baseball and he uh, breaks Mrs. McGillicuddy's window, you know, with the, with the ball, you know, he'll go apologize to Mrs. McGillicuddy, but 
he still has to pay for the new window out of his right. allowance. Right. And that's right. that's what's happening to us spiritually in purgatory. Or you could think like if you've had a, a surgery or a cut and there's a scar left there, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's healed. You know, there's not an open wound anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the healing of the open wound, that's forgiveness. That's what happens mm-hmm. in confession. But then purgatory is, you know, imagine the scar then being completely right. wiped away. You know, your right. skin being nice and pure and clean once again. That's mm-hmm. what happens to, to us in purgatory. So that when we get into to heaven, when we stand before the presence of God, we can truly stand before him pure and clean without any blemish, not just the mm-hmm. blemish of sin, but even the effects of sin. Right, right. Right, I think of like, a, you know, St. Peter. You know, St. Peter denied Christ three mm-hmm. times, you know, uh, as, as Christ entered into his passion. Um, but then Peter had a chance at the shore of the Sea of Tiberias, right. you know, three times mm-hmm. to profess his love. And it was in a way painful for him because Christ asked him three times, Simon, son of John, right. do you love me? Right. You know, uh, but we know, and it was by another charcoal fire, you know, mm-hmm. so it was through a charcoal. So in a way that was painful for, for Peter to be sure, especially, you know, in the presence of the other presumably in the presence of the other disciples who mm-hmm. were out fishing with him. Yeah. But in another sense, there's a sense in which that that um, ability to say that with his own, to say that with his own mouth, with his own mm-hmm. words out loud, looking at, in the mm-hmm. face of Christ, was also in a way very beautiful. It's right. something that perhaps if Peter had never done that, mm-hmm. if he never had the opportunity to do that, you know, in a way that perhaps that forgiveness of Christ would have felt somehow incomplete. Right. You know, so so we might think of purgatory as, as like that. We have an opportunity to to try to repair mm-hmm. um, the damage that that we've that we've done. You know, to others, to ourselves. You know, to uh, uh, you know, to, to all that is good. Mm-hmm. And and we also would like to speak in this uh, mm-hmm. episode about practices that we can do practically mm-hmm. as Catholics, especially right. during the month of November. Right, because what we see with the church, the members of the church in purgatory, what are called the church suffering, those souls in purgatory, is they're relying on the prayers of, of us here on earth and the saints of heaven mm-hmm. for that purification, you know, the, on our, our prayers, because ultimately mm-hmm. it's Christ who's purifying them and the mm-hmm. power of his blood, but he is, you know, hearing our prayers, he's using our prayers and our different uh, practices you know, as the means or the secondary causes to purify these souls. So, you know, a, a big thing, which, you know, many of our listeners probably do for their departed loved ones is having masses offered for right. them, you know, especially like, you know, for us here at a parish or in our, our Dominican priory, you know, when we have a mass intention, it's quite often for the dead, mm-hmm. you know, that we are offering this mass, this, the sacrifice of Christ represented on the altar in an mm-hmm. unbloody manner is being offered for this person. What does that mean? Is that we are asking that Christ and the merits of his body and blood offered on the cross, mm-hmm. which is being represented here sacramentally, will be applied to grandma, you know, or to Uncle right. Joe, or to, you know, my neighbor who passed away. You know, that right. it's the blood of, you know, that you could think of the blood of Christ that's in that chalice is purifying mm-hmm. that soul. You know, mm. so it's not, it, you know, it's not paying someone's way into heaven. That was done by Christ. But in a way, we are asking the church to offer the mass, the greatest sacrifice, you know, Christ's sacrifice here on earth, 
to be offered for the dead. You know, we can also pray for the dead. You know, there's the the, the common prayer for the dead, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that could be done, you know, perhaps each day, you know, for mm-hmm. loved ones. Uh, and then in the um, the month of November in particular, you know, we pray for the dead in November in part because of All Souls Day, you know, mm-hmm. that the sec- no, second of November is All Souls Day, so that kind of gives a... Um, a theme in a way to the whole month of November, praying for the dead. There's also the sense too of November being, you know, near the end of the year. You know, you even mm-hmm. see like in the changing of, of the seasons. You know, this mm-hmm. death happening, and it's a reminder mm-hmm. of the death that we will all experience at the mm-hmm. end of our life. And so, uh, and even at you in November, you're ending the church's liturgical year. A lot of the readings are maybe focused on, on death or the end times. Mm-hmm or Christ's second coming. So that's why November is that month for praying for the dead. But it's it's also important to, you know, maybe make a visit to a cemetery, a Catholic cemetery mm-hmm. in November. In fact, one can receive a plenary indulgence for mm-hmm. making a visit to a cemetery in November. So that's an you know, important right. practice to remember. Right. And I think also liturgically, it might be obvious, but yeah. um, All Souls Day comes one day after. All Saints, All Saints Day, Day mm-hmm. you know, and All Saints Day is a special celebration of the Church triumphant, you know, right. those who have already reached the eternal beatific mm-hmm. vision of, of, of joy, in, of, of God in heaven. And right. the next day, um, we pray for those who are still on their way, those right. who are already saved, those who right. are already destined to be among the community of the saints, but they're not there yet. They're still right. undergoing their purification. They're right. still... In a sense, like St. Peter, you mm-hmm. know, when three times Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Right. You know that I love you. They're, they're having opportunity to, um, to make amends for, uh, you know, for, for the, the ways that they um, turned away from, from the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and, and for us as Dominicans, too, you know, the, there's the line, you know, you want to live as a Jesuit but die as a Dominican. That's a, a famous <laughs> joke. But, you know, so much of our life... Uh, and our practices, not just in November, but throughout the year. Right. You know, we have many very, a lot of special practices uh, to pray for the dead. Right. You know, uh, everything from, like, before our community meal each night, we remember those right. who... The friars who have, in the four United States provinces, who have yeah. died on that date. And I often think about that, you know, recalling that one day my name's going to be on there, right. your name's going to be on there, yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, friars who aren't even born yet, you know, right. will... Hear the name, mm-hmm. Paul Marich or Stephen Alcott. They That's won't right. know who we were, but exactly. they're going to be praying for us yeah. years after we're gone. And uh, when we, um, even in our Dominican convents, you know, we each week we have a, a mass intention offered for our mm-hmm. deceased friars and all of those others associated with the order. When a friar dies, you know, there's a number of practices that we do mm-hmm. uh, to pray for them. Like you know, a practice that we've done here a lot at St. Patrick's is having an all-night vigil. Of praying the Psalms before the friars, uh, d- before his body. You know, uh, our novices right. down in Cincinnati will a lot of times come up and keep vigil, mm-hmm. uh, praying the Psalms. And then, um, of course, we sing the Salve Regina. You know that that prayer to Our Lady uh, that has been set to music. We sing it in a very solemn tone, mm-hmm. and that's really also a way uh, we sing it each night at night prayer at Compline as a way to remind us of our coming death. But it is something particularly special to be sung at a friar's funeral right. because it's really their send-off from this life uh, to the next. Yeah, so 
So for our listeners, uh, there are a number of ways you can remember those that you have known in your life who have now gone to God, have died. Um, one is, as we said, is uh, visiting a cemetery. And it's, it's, whenever you go to a cemetery, it's, some people make that a regular practice, you know, to go to remember that person, to go to, to spend a, a few moments uh, at the place where that person's mortal remains have been buried. You know, looking for you know, but it shouldn't be just a time of sadness, but a time of, of hope, praying for the time when that person will rise, that their body will rise and be joined to their soul, and praying for that person's soul, mm-hmm. that their soul. You know, there's a, there's a very common Catholic prayer that many people don't know, but it's part of the the funeral rite and the burial rite. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, mm-hmm. and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen. It's something that, it's a very simple prayer you can, you know, you can remember. That mm-hmm. prayer has been set to, to music, you mm-hmm. know, by many famous types of uh, great composers. Right. Uh, but it's just, just that eternal rest prayer to, to pray. Um, when, when you, you know, when you drive by a cemetery, mm-hmm. you know. Make a sign of the cross or make something. Make a sign of the cross. And just to think about it, sometimes people, just mm-hmm. remember people on their birthdays, if there's people that have died, mm-hmm. either on, the, on that person's birthday to, to pray for them, or uh, some people have a mass offered on their birthday, or, or even on the day of their death, if right. you remember that. You know? There's also the famous prayer of St. Gertrude the Great uh, for mm-hmm. the souls in purgatory. She was really one of the first saints to mm-hmm. uh, articulate you know, this praying for the dead uh, Notably for purgatory, because and again, it's something you know. With purgatory, when you look at the tradition of the church, we've always believed in it, even if the mm-hmm. word itself is not in scripture, or right. you know, it took some time for that word. Because what is the word means? A place of purgation, right? You know, it's it's just a it's a way of understanding what is happening there, right. and it's a concept that we as 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 Catholics have believed from the beginning, right? Right. So that, that willingness to, uh, to pray for the dead, uh, because again, does God absolutely need our help, you know, to purify soul? No, he doesn't, no. you know, but just as he sent out his disciples mm-hmm. to cast out demons, um, to heal the sick, and even to raise the dead, right. you know, he sent them to do that. You know, yes. he breathed on his disciples on the day of resurrection, of his resurrection, said, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. He, mm-hmm. he, he likes to use other other people as his instruments right. of, of grace. Um, so, so he's given us the ability even to pray for our brothers and sisters who are, who are awaiting uh, the fullness of the beatific vision. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by Father Paul Merich. Let's end with prayer invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light light of of the the church, church, teacher of truth, truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth forth the waters of wisdom. Preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Son,